Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead pastor of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we will be having a conversation from our recent message ser- series entitled Fearless Living in Faith Over Fear. Pastor Christian, the mission of JCI is to see people who are far from God become passionate Christians who make a difference in the world. As a church, we embrace that as a mission, but it goes much deeper than that, doesn't it? Can we can you can you discuss just for a moment how important it is that every Christian embraces this as their personal mission? Well, yeah, it, it's not that it's our it's not that it's even a choice. I mean, it's a mandate, right? I mean, Jesus told his disciples this is Christianity. Christianity is reaching people. Like, it's not just following Jesus and having a personal, private faith. Christianity is going to the ends of the world to reach people, to teach them about Jesus, to see them get baptized and become a follower of his. Like, um, it's not just something, you know, we we do because we like to or because we're passionate about it. We do it because we're mandate, mandated. We're, we're called to do it. Um, and, and he didn't tell the church to go reach people. He told Christians to go reach people. And when you understand the church that, you know, the word church in the New Testament, that word ecclesia, it basically means a group that's called out together. It's a, it's a group that's called out from something to do something, but it's, it's a collection of individuals. So, um, you know, some people might say, well, the church has been called to reach people, but I haven't. No, you have, if you're a Christian, um, you have been called to reach something. So, you know, it's really important to us because it was important to Jesus. Uh, and because as followers of Jesus, we, we try to do, uh, we try to do what he commands us to and, and what's important to him. And honestly, I mean, when you're radically changed by the gospel yes. and by the good news of who Jesus is, I mean, you can't help but telling someone it's like winning the lottery, uh, but even better and keeping it all to yourself. It's like finding a cure to a disease. Um, that can't be cured and keeping it to yourself. Like you just, you just wouldn't do that. Once you truly understand the nature of the good news, um, you have to share it. It, it becomes not your mission, but your mandate. Um, and it becomes not something you're forced to do, but something you're honored to do. So we're, we're in the series called, uh, called Fearless Faith Over Fear. And, and when it comes to sharing our faith and telling others about Jesus, oftentimes, for a lot of Christians, there's, there is a little bit of fear and anxiety in that. Why is that? Well, we talked in an earlier message that there's a social fear of spiritual rejection. That's right. And I think it's just something spiritually that resides in the heart of every Christian. And it's there not to make them afraid, but it's there to teach them to trust. Right? I mean, we don't need faith where there, is, where there isn't the presence of fear. And we don't experience miracles where there isn't the presence of of faith. So I don't just want to blame it all on the devil and say, well, the devil makes you afraid. I, I think God puts that tension in your heart because it makes you lean on him. It makes you trust in him. It makes you trust the content uh, of the message even more than you trust sometimes the character of yourself. So I think it's a, it's a spiritual growth step uh, for people. Uh, it can become a paralyzing fear that ends up becoming something that Satan can use. There's, sure. there's no doubt about that. I think a lot of people fear rejection. Uh, more than anything, they they fear being rejected. Uh, they fear um, maybe being being put in a box. They've had negative um, experiences with people who carry a banner in the name of Jesus that really have nothing to do with Jesus, and they think, man, I don't want people to think of me 
like that. Um, you know, and I think they're afraid they, there might be questions that they can't answer because Christianity uh, is is a faith thing. Mm-hmm. And it has facts, but it's a faith thing. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's this intrinsic knowledge that I cannot answer every question there right. is about following Jesus because every question about following Jesus cannot be answered. At some point, faith enters in. And we think, if I can't walk people factually all the way there, I can't explain my faith, I can't express my faith, I can't transfer my faith. So we just think, until somebody has the faith that I have... I, you know, I don't want to talk to him about this because I don't want to look silly. I don't want to, you know, be exposed to someone who maybe isn't a thinker. We just think we can't put our faith uh, in in terms that can be fully understood. So I, I think it's a fear of rejection. I think it's a fear of a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a fear of, you know, maybe being put into a box um, that isn't the Jesus box, but it is a Christian box. And I think that's where every Christian has to be careful because we all live our lives. And if we carry the banner of Jesus high enough, and we start making our political convictions, spiritual Mm. convictions, all of a sudden we put Jesus in a box. There you go. Uh, If we make our church preference a Jesus preference, all of a sudden we put Jesus in a box. If we make our worship style preference a Jesus preference, we put Jesus in a box. Uh, You know, if we live in the upper Midwest uh, and we're a jeans and sweater person, and we decide that that is Christian modesty. Right. And we go talk to our brothers and sisters on the West Coast who never wear anything but shorts and flip-flops and tank tops. Right. Uh, we may have built a Jesus box from our culture that really isn't a Jesus box. So I think we've got to be careful as Christians to say, listen, if you represent Jesus, man, you better represent him well because you have Christian brothers and sisters around the world who would love to talk to people about Jesus but they're afraid when their friends hear about Jesus, they'll think about you, not Jesus, and and they know their friend didn't want to be like you. So we've been mandated as Christians to share our faith and be bold in our faith. We've we we understand we recognize this fear that's intrinsic in us for many of us in sharing our faith, and but we can learn a lot from this relationship between Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar because Daniel had this really special relationship with a king who was broken. He he was arrogant, he was cruel, he was insecure, but Daniel was very strategic with the king. And before Daniel pointed out the king's sin and his brokenness, he he pointed him to the Savior. He pointed him to God. So why do you think Daniel used this strategy specifically with the king? And, And what can we learn from Daniel's example? The first thing we can learn from Daniel's example is the character of Daniel. That's good. It was the character of Daniel that ended up getting him into a conversation with the king. Before the king knew him, he knew of him. He knew of his humility. He knew of his righteousness. He knew that when he had a passion to follow his God instead of the dietary rules of Babylon, that he asked permission. He knew that Daniel said, listen, even if this works out right, just give me 10 days. At the end of 10 days, I'll do what you think best. He knew Daniel had some kind of trust in authority because of the way that he followed his God. Scripture says Daniel acted with tact and with wisdom. He wasn't offensive. He was tasteful just in his life. So Daniel's character invited him into conversation with the king. And when he talked to the king, he was careful to make it all about how much God wanted to get the king's attention, Um, not just for his sin, 
but for the sake of knowing, hey, King, the God knows who, my God, the God of heaven, uh, knows who you are, and he wants you to be aware of things. So Daniel invited him into the conversation because of this spiritual character that he showed. The king knew he could trust him because there was something different in him. And when he finally got a chance to talk to him, he pointed him to the fact that God knew about his life and, and wanted to be involved in his life. And then later on, years later, when Daniel didn't see much transformation, he had earned the right yes. to kind of call the king out and say, yes. listen, you're living your life in a way that's contrary to how God wants you to live your life. Like, you know, God gave you this first dream um, because God wanted you to know that he was aware of you. God gave you this second dream because he wanted to make sure you were aware of him. Oh, King, you are not aware of God yet, and you need to be aware of God. I mean, you talked about that in your message. So Daniel now had the opportunity to say, listen, because God is there and he wants to be a savior, you've got to be aware of your sin. So, you know, I think so many times we start with sin instead of a savior. Yes. Here's the deal. Everyone knows they're sinful. Right. I mean, that's the reality. Like, we know we're imperfect, fallen human beings. And the reason we point people to a savior first is because we want them to see that hope. Listen, we we know you're broken. You're no, you, you know you're broken. But the reality is, is that is that there's hope. And if you'll come to the Savior, he can he can repair you. He can heal you. He can change you. Um, he doesn't just make old things new. He makes dead things alive. That's that's what Jesus can do. So Daniel, through his character, was invited into a conversation and through his conversation was able to help the king understand that the Savior was revealed to him because of his sin, which was deep within him. And those two could cancel each other out. So one of the main points from the message on Sunday, Pastor Christian, was that as Christians, we need to recognize that God is already working in the hearts and minds of all of humanity, and he is counting on us to open doors, answer questions, and connect the dots at the proper time. Can you help us understand how God works in the hearts and minds of people, and, and what can we specifically look for as an indication that God might be working in the lives of our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, and and maybe some family members. So we can't know how always that God is working, but we can be sure that God is always working. Mm. Romans 1 says that God speaks to people through creation. The psalmists say that God speaks to people both in their joys and in their most sorrowful moments. So we can catch people at their high, we can catch people at their low, we can catch people just walking around and looking outside and realize that that God is speaking to them. I think what we have to find in people is one we have to know them, right? I mean the 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 B of our blessed method is begin praying for somebody, but then listen to their story. Listen to their story and find the high points where God worked that they may not know. Find the high points where God stepped into comfort that they were not aware of. Uh, find the points where God stepped in and gave them passions that were really his will for the world and really applaud them for those man i look at how passionate you are about this issue i don't know if you know that but like that is god in you god is that passionate for people man i realize that um it really bothers you when this thing happens do you know that that's the heart of god that's good. towards this thing as well but you can't know that unless you know someone unless you listen to their story unless you understand a little bit about them so i i would always watch for when people are hurting because Scripture says that God comforts the hurting. So anytime someone is hurting, I would not use that as a chance to point out sin. Right. I'd use it as a chance to point out a Savior, a loving, loving Savior. 
Anytime somebody was celebrating, I try to use that as a point uh, to point out a God who is good and wants good things for us. And anytime somebody's passionate about something that, you know, I, I would call biblical morality or something that God would want us to be a champion for, mm-hmm. uh, I would just let them know, man, when I see you get excited about that, I actually think about God because I, I think um, if that's who he was, that's what he'd do. Or, you know, God actually, you know, the Bible I follow says that God became a human and came down to earth in the form of Jesus. Man, I think if Jesus lived in twenty, the year 2017, I actually think he would have been doing what you were doing last week. Just use those moments. But you have to know God in order to introduce him to other people. So it's important to know God, know your neighbors, uh, be willing to listen to their story, and just be ready to insert those opportunities as they occur. So let's talk about this blessed method that you just briefly touched on for just a moment. Um, it's a very simple strategy that all of us could could use to introduce people to God. It, it's called BLESS, B-L-E-S-S. Each letter represents a certain phrase, um, but it's mostly centered around relationships. Uh, would you share an example of how you have observed or personally experienced this strategy um, help someone demonstrate faith over fear and introduce a person to God. Yeah, well, I will say first, we, we said this blessed method is not a project to be completed. Like the, the purpose of the blessed method is not just to check off a Christian box. Right. The purpose of the blessed method is just to love people mm-hmm. and love people well. It's a so lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle, right? B, begin praying for somebody if they have needs. L, listen to their story. E, um, eat dinner. Yeah, eat dinner with them. S, serve them. I mean, we should all be doing that, serving mm. and loving our neighbors and the people we live near. And then S, share your story if you get a chance to to talk about the things you're passionate about. So, I mean, this is really Relationship 101. Even more than it's Evangelism 101, it's just Relationship 101. This is how you get to know somebody. And when I think, you know, as, as you ask me this question, uh, you know, when have I seen this work? Brandon, I like I've seen it work on me. Right When you look at the gospel, you see that Jesus in John chapter 17, he prayed for me. And he began praying for me. In John 17, he prayed that everyone who would become a believer after the disciples would be one in him, just like he and his father were one. Like Jesus began to pray for me. And then we know Jesus knows my story. Scripture says he stands at the right hand of God and he intercedes for us. And all throughout Scripture, we see that the eyes of God roam to and fro throughout the earth, seeking to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. Psalm 139 tells us that God's thoughts towards us are more than the sand on the seashore. So God knows me like he wants me to get to know somebody else. You think about eating a meal with God. I think about my first communion and how I could not have understood at the time that that was Jesus' invitation for me to share a meal with him. But every time we take the Lord's Supper, which we'll do this upcoming week at our church, we're invited to the Last Supper to sit down with Jesus and his disciples and to have a meal celebrating this Passover moment, uh, which was so near and dear to the hearts of the people in Israel. And then Jesus served me. He went to the cross. He died my death. Uh, He took my punishment. He ended up in the grave. Um, And then the greatest story of all that he was able to share with me is that he defeated death when he walked out of the grave. The Easter story and what became known as the Gospels was solidified for us in the Scripture. So when I look at the blessed method, you say, who have you seen that work on? It worked on me. Jesus did that for me. And if we will do that for others, we get to see this church that Jesus told us to pray for. 
that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's been going on for 2,000 years now, almost. We get to see it continue if we will just be to someone else what Jesus has been to us. So as we wrap up the Fearless series, can you give us a, a sneak peek at our next series that we can look forward to? Yeah, I'm really excited about our next series. It's called Whispers, How to Hear the Voice of God. We see in Scripture that God is always speaking, but sometimes we just can't hear Him. It's it's the radio station that has a feed coming out of it, but it's not tuned on our dial. So we're going to go back in Scripture, and we're going to meet a young man named Samuel, who God was speaking to, but he didn't know how to listen, and we're going to learn how to listen. We're going to meet Elijah discouraged on a mountaintop, and when we wonder... In the midst of discouragement, what is God's will for me and how can I hear from God? We're, we're going to learn that. So we're going to learn how to listen for God. We're going to learn how to take time with God. Uh, the whole thought of the series, we're going to uh, have journals available for the people at our church, is to introduce a 40-day challenge that we're calling the Be Still Challenge, where like Samuel, we can learn to say the words, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then we're just going to learn to be quiet and listen to who God is. Uh, we've got weekly memory verses for people to meditate on. We've got daily prayers for people to meditate on for 40 days. It's going to be, I believe, an unbelievable experience teaching people to hear from the God who's always speaking. Um, so I'm really excited about the next six or seven weeks at Journey. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. And I've absolutely loved the Fearless series. So thank you so much, Pastor Christian, for sharing from your heart and from this outstanding book, the book of Daniel and the life of Daniel and his friends. So thank you again. And also thank you for listening today. We pray that in some, some way we've encouraged you to embrace your responsibility to be active in developing relationships so that at the proper time, you will introduce others to God as well. We'll catch you next time on the Activate podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.